This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If you have any topic suggestions that you'd like to hear more about or questions that you're hoping that we could maybe address on a future podcast, you can click the get in touch box right on our website at ktsmoneymatters.com. And the hardworking woman's guide to money available either on our website, KT's Money Matters, or on Amazon. Or of course, you can find our link in the show notes. Working with your investments, retirement, insurance, estate, or tax planning, or just dealing with everyday expenses, your money matters. Let KT Thomas help you make the most of it. This is KT's Money Matters. Hey there, and welcome back. This is KT from KT's Money Matters, coming to you with your tips and quips and ideas about making money, spending money, saving money, investing money. It's been pretty crazy lately, so I thought I would have a little fun with this. I hope you guys are up for a sense of humor today. I thought we'd talk a little bit about fear and fear-based financial decisions mostly, but we'll talk about fear-based decisions. That and more after the break. Hey, Money Matters community, KT here. I could use a little help, and I'm hoping that maybe you my regular listener would be willing to give me a little bit of feedback. I've been running the show now for more than 110 episodes. I'm trying to figure out how best to grow my audience and keep it fresh and interesting for those that are tapped into the Money Matter community. How can you get this feedback to me? Well, there are a number of ways. First, you could go to ktsmoneymatters.com and you could complete a questionnaire This would be great if you are interested in sharing talk ideas or shows that you'd be interested in learning more about in the future. Or you could rate and review my show wherever you listen to your podcasts. But most importantly, if you happen to listen to your podcasts on Apple, taking just a minute to rate and review my show really helps boost my listenership. I appreciate the fact that you listen to my show on a regular basis and that this is an ask that I have for you to help me. Hopefully you'll take a few minutes, rate and review my show and give me some feedback. And remember, you can always send me an email right off of the KT's Money Matters website. I appreciate your feedback. And now back to the show. So I started this by like looking up the definition of fear. Of course, we all know what this is. It is an unpleasant emotion. You get that again caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous or likely to cause pain or threat. Well, here's what I'll say to you. There's a lot of fear out there right now. People are mostly afraid of almost everything, including each other, what they will do about their vacations, what they will do about their 401k plan, should they buy more groceries. In fact, let me tell you a little grocery store story. I'm going into the grocery store. It's about seven in the morning. I'm trying to get in the grocery store before everybody else. However, 
not the only one with that idea. They are out of eggs, but they have plenty of bacon. Well, that's not like a heart healthy idea, but whatever. They have plenty of tuna fish, but not necessarily every brand. And they have notes all over the store that says, please limit your buying to two of these items. Now, I don't know if people think that we're going to be quarantined for like six months and that there'll never be any more food that they can buy. But people are reacting in a way that is fascinating to watch. I was walking this morning with this woman who was talking to me about the anxiety was so bad that even though she was on her way to yoga, she decided not to go so that she could go to the grocery store and buy more bleach. I would argue that probably the most contagious place in the whole world right now might be the supermarket. But people are running into the supermarket every single day to buy more things that they may or may not need. The one thing nobody's buying right now seems to be stocks or oil for that matter. This is a time to kind of hoard in and stay safe. People are worried, should I put more money in? You know, should I wait? I always say, you know, Sometimes I might get caught out in my boat in a storm, but I don't want to head out in one. You know, if you know there's a hurricane coming, you don't head out in the boat. So if you haven't invested yet, then maybe what you want to do is just give it a little bit of time, breathe a little bit. I want to talk to people that have a short time frame. And so people that are going to use this money, say two to five years from now, say for college and they know it's coming. Here's what I'll say. You really want to look at how much of that money you really are going to use in year two and year three. If you haven't sold that money out yet, you probably want to look for the first part of an economic recovery because there will be a first part, right? There, it usually comes in stages after the big sell-off and after everybody has thrown up all over themselves and everybody else, there's a place where the market declares itself as cheap. At that point, there'll be a frenzy of buying that will push the market up five, maybe 10%. That could happen over the course of weeks or a couple months. Then what'll happen is there'll have to be some backfill of good economic news that makes people feel safe, and then it'll go up some more. But if my needing money is two years away, and I've made the mistake of having too much of it in the stock market right now, which by the way, if you had a two-year goal and the money was in the stock market, it probably was a mistake. You want to think about how I get that money out of the market and at what price? Do I take it out today and assume the full assault of a 30% correction? Do I wait till I get back some of the money and then cut my losses? Do I wait till the very last minute and hope it's worth more now than it is and I'll put more money in if I have to? Here's what I'll say. You probably want to come somewhere in the middle where the market comes up some, you get some of your money back and then you start to decide how much more safe that money needs to be so that when that bill comes in two years, you actually have the money for that bill. Other things people do when they don't have enough money or they don't want to sell their stocks when they're down, and there are a lot of folks out there that will feel that way, is sometimes they do things like get a home equity line of credit and they access the equity in their home instead. Rates are very cheap. That might be an opportunity. It might not be. I don't know what your financial situation is, but those are the kinds of things that people might look at doing if they have just a couple of years till they need that money. So first is, if you need money in a couple of years, probably shouldn't be in the market. If you needed it in a couple of years, you put it in the market anyway, it's down 30%. You can either fish or cut bait, live with that price and get over it, cry and save more, or wait for a partial recovery, take that money then, 
or let it ride all the way to your goal and hope it's worth more than it's worth now. Now, let's talk about those of you who have five years or longer. So three to five years, I would argue that some of the money should be in the market and some of the money shouldn't be in the market. I'm not going to give financial advice here specifically for clients. So here's what I'll say to you. Five year plus money. You own investments. They're down a lot. You have more than five years. You should leave it alone. Especially if you own exchange traded funds or diversified mutual funds and they're invested in the US, you should probably leave them alone. Now, if you've been buying, you know, your high flyer IPOs like Uber and Lyft and, you know, companies like that and companies that don't make any money yet, then you might want to think about that differently. But if you're kind of like hitting through the fairway, meaning you own kind of the big companies with big names or a big mutual fund that owns the S&P 500 as an example, you have five years. I think you leave it alone unless you could add more to it. But if you're afraid, that's a really hard thing to do. If you have seven years or longer, you just want to get over being afraid. You want to breathe deep and stop looking at your statement. Try not to watch the people on the TV that are only going to make you more afraid because that actually never has made anybody any money. Do us all a favor. Stop hoarding the toilet paper. Other people need a roll now and again. There will be some opportunities in this. The government's coming out with new programs every 15 minutes right now. And so just to give you a couple of ideas, one is you don't have to fear filing your tax return by April 15th because they gave you an extension. That doesn't mean put it in the drawer and don't do it till the next deadline. But it does mean you have a little bit of wiggle room. And that's good because... Digging into your finances when you're feeling highly agitated and afraid makes every other financial job more difficult because your anxiety is riding high and it's getting in the way of your ability to do other mathematical issues. Not all of you, some of you've got, you know, the head of stone right in there, can work right through it. But most of us, when we get overwhelmed, we become anxious or we become afraid, we get not better at making financial decisions, we get worse. So when you're in a state of fear, I usually say, that's not a good time to make a financial decision. If you're not sure what you should do, you should talk to a professional. Talk to someone you trust. Talk yourself down. Try not to make yourself more afraid than you already are. Try not to decide to plan a trip to Disney. I'm in Florida right now and they've closed the parks. Try not to do anything that makes you more at risk than you already are. If you have people that you love, that you're worried about, call them or FaceTime them. Reach out to people. You don't have to go knock on their door. In fact, don't go knock on that door, especially if you've been traveling. Tell them how it's going to be all right and tell yourself at the same time. Some people in this are going to lose their jobs. Unemployment benefits are going to become important. If you're one of those people and you've lost your job or you're going to be laid off, you want to file for your unemployment benefits right away. That's the one thing you want to do right away. The rest of the things you're going to try to slow down on. As much as people go back and forth about the love and or hate of the affordable health care plan, this is awesome for people because in times of job uncertainty, 
When you lose your job, one of the things you might get is the ability to pay a heck of a lot of money for your health insurance from your employer through something called COBRA. But you might get it significantly cheaper through the healthcare marketplace. And you'd be silly not to try. It's based on your current income. And given the fact that you've kind of just lost your job, you might be able to get health insurance for significantly less than COBRA. Now, why would you do it? Obviously, when you're out of work, the lower expense is a good thing. Also, Affordable Care Act still allows for no exclusion for current existing conditions. That's really important, especially if you've had a challenge with health, you need to make sure that you're going to be able to keep your health care or health care period in place. The one thing you don't want to do is just drop your health care and have none. I know it's hard to decide you'll spend your money on health insurance, but if you don't, you'll pay a little extra for the health insurance for the rest of your life because you've gone without it for a period of time. It's a little penalty that they charge for those of us who still think that it's okay not to have health care because it's really not. You also want to talk to different services and organizations in your community that have resources that might be available for people in the middle of job changes. There are all kinds of those kinds of resources. And I'm sure that the government's going to be having all kinds of those initiatives as people ultimately become unemployed. If you are afraid of losing your job, this is a great time not to buy additional things. It's a great time to build some cash and unload things like, you know, extra stuff that you didn't think you really needed and you thought you were going to sell last year and you never got around to it. Try to play a smaller game, eat out less. That's going to be really easy this month. But once you figure out how to cook at home, something Americans have forgotten, maybe think about how you do that a little bit all the time, even after the pandemic's over. We spend a lot of our discretionary income eating out, buying food out and bringing it home, cooked or eating out in a restaurant. It's become an ever-increasing slice of the discretionary income spending of Americans. It is one of those things that the family actually can control. And it would be a good thing to be thinking about it, especially if the economy slows down. If you are trying to sell your home and you put it on the market for some lofty number that you were really sure you'd get a bidding war in the spring, you need to know, not as likely, not this year. So you should be asking yourself, do I need to sell and move this year? I would argue if you really don't, then you probably shouldn't. Now, if you're a first-time buyer, Oof, you got to take a lot of Rolaids to buy now because you're afraid, right, as a first-time buyer. However, if you do, you could be likely be rewarded with a lower purchase price and a historical low interest rate on the mortgage. So it might be good to think about that if you feel like your job is secure. So there's, I'm afraid I'll lose my job. I'm not afraid I'll lose my job. If I'm afraid I'll lose my job, I play the very short game. Cash is king. Stay safe and eat at home. If I have a really good job, I feel good about that, but I'm ready to buy my first house. This buyer's market might be coming to you. You might not even have to go to it, and it might not even take long. Now, one of the things you got to know is when you're afraid, this isn't a good time to go car shopping either. Probably six months from now, they'll be back to offering zero down, zero a month free interest for five years or 
some consumer rebate at point of purchase if you don't do the financing. The deals in the second half of 2020 could be really attractive for car purchases, but it wouldn't be for the first half of 2020. And it might be all the way till the end of the year before you really start seeing those good deals. So if you don't need a car, don't go get a car. This is definitely not the market for that. Better prices probably in the future. Fear is a funny thing and it causes people to do things that don't make sense just so they feel like they can control something. This is actually what is happening to toilet paper. The news says, get groceries, stay home, be prepared to shelter in place, which is like quarantine in three words. So they take their groceries cart and they go into the grocery store and they put big things in the cart so that it makes the cart look really full. Have you ever seen a 24-pack of toilet paper? A 12-pack of paper towels? You want to know why people are buying them? Because they're big and they make the cart seem really full, like you've done a really good job getting everything. Doesn't that seem silly when I say it like that? But people are doing it. So save a little toilet paper for the rest of us. Breathe deep. And call your mother. She probably could use a little chipper up call right now. So we speak again. Thanks for listening to KT's Money Matters with KT Thomas. For more information, past episodes, and show notes, go to www.ktsmoneymatterspodcast.com. Make sure you subscribe and recommend it at iTunes, Overcast, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.